Welcome to the Hot Lava Podcast. Kevin Acey, Potter's beat writer for the Union Tribune. There's Jay Posner, my boss. Uh, I am in Peoria, Arizona. Been here for, I don't know, five days. And Jay, this is our first Hot Lava of 2022. We, we could have done one, you know, with daily updates on the lockout. But here we are. Guys actually reporting to spring training today. I am in high spirits. That's always good to hear. You are generally a high-spirited guy, though. I, I, will I am, say, but it was but, starting to get me down. It really yeah. was. Like, being at the Peoria Sports Complex and watching minor leaguers and, and seeing, you know, the coaching staff there, all right, that's great. I'm watching baseball. I'm not watching the team I'm supposed to be watching. Yeah. So it's actually and, kind of depressing. You know, and I, I'm not sure this is anything I, that, like, we should necessarily, you know, celebrate, like, that this lockout is over. It's kind of like... We should celebrate that spring training is here. Yes. But this was all just so dumb Ugh. and and so avoidable and so much the owner's fault. Okay, if you're going to do a lockout because you think that's the best way to get a deal done, then maybe don't waste six weeks not doing any negotiating. I, I don't understand what that was what that was all about. And then, you know, this deadline stuff and so someone on Twitter, I wish I could remember who said that the the deadline with MLB was sort of like the parent, the parent who counts to ten, and then when they get to ten, or they count down from ten, and then you start going two, one and three quarters, one and a half, one and a quarter, because you don't know what you're going to do when you run out of uh, when you run out, and so they they're like, oh, we're canceling games. No, well, if we have a deal now, we won't count. We'll uncancel the games, and and now we end up with 162 games anyway. Um, and both sides can claim victory, I guess. And we don't need to go into all the details because I don't even know them all and not sure I even care about, about a lot of them. Um, I, I don't know that either. I, I, I still think the owners, the owners generally get the best of these situations. And I will say that I don't feel like the owners gave up a whole lot in this case. I mean, raising the minimum salary to $700,000 is not a big deal the competitive balance tax didn't seem to go up that much. I don't even know that it keeps up with inflation, cost of all, all that stuff. So I, the owners are doing, I, I don't think anybody's ever going to throw a pity party for too many owners. Um, I do think that that young players won this CBA, that the minimum salary went up $130,000. You are correct. Yeah. Take even the 47% of players on rosters that are making the minimum and it still isn't that big of a hit to, to the owners, but in right. terms of for those players, that's huge. Absolutely, the and they deserve and they deserve that. Yeah, they they deserve that. I mean, that yes. that's why I say it, it's kind of like the owners. They sort of gave into something, but they really didn't yeah. give up that much. I mean, that to be paying that kind of money is not a I, like I said. I don't think that's a big deal. And uh, yeah. you're right. For young players, it was. And then uh, that the, it, it was the top win. performers among pre-arbitration guys, guys in their uh, first, second, uh, third year, that uh, there's now an opportunity for them to make significantly more money. And and you know that's good too. And I, I admired the players, guys like Max Scherzer, uh, for mm-hmm. fighting for that. Um, so I, absolutely. here we are. So what's happening in Peoria? Let's start with. So before we get into that, that what's what's going to happen is uh, on the 18th, which is a week from today, Padres will play their first uh, spring training game. The schedule has been redone. Don't know it yet. I know a couple <laughs> games. Can't say it. They start on the 18th, and then their final game will be the fifth. Two days later, opening day in Arizona. So 
the Padres will be here for a long time, and so will I. That's good. Not a long way for you to travel for that one. And so uh, today, guys started showing up. Honestly, we only saw five and didn't hear about any others. And it was uh, Adrian Morajon, Michelle Baez, uh, Tim Hill, Luis Campusano, who worked out, did uh, hit and uh, caught, uh, and then uh, Mackenzie Gore. Mackenzie Gore. Oh, and Reese Kinnear. Sorry, Reese, you're the sixth. Uh, sixth and Reese, okay. Reese Kinnear and, and Mackenzie Gore threw a live batting practice to minor leaguers. And let me just say, it was the first live batting practice. All right, there, I put it in context. It wasn't the World Series. But you could not count, you could not quantify the smiles around the Padres executives and coaches and how good Mackenzie Gore looked. And I talked to Ruben Niebla, the new uh, pitching mm-hmm. coach, and Jeff Sanders and I will write a little bit about this. But Mackenzie Gore might be the biggest beneficiary of Ruben Niebla, who's some sort of mechanics whisperer, according to people. <laughs> and, and so uh, he was very pleased about that Mackenzie Gore, they had worked together four times uh, before the lockout and that he felt like it was like the next day that, that right. Mackenzie Gore brought those things into today. So that is a, a big positive. More guys will arrive tomorrow. Most guys I've talked to are going to be here Sunday, which is the report day. Some others who are out of the country will take longer than that but uh camp basically starts on uh sunday and and how will how will they possibly get ready in this this truncated what four and a half week i'm so excited about this hitters are excited they've talked for years anybody who's followed baseball knows that spring training the six weeks is for pitchers here's the deal pitchers have been getting ready too as a matter of fact some of them were getting like too ready and had to taper down because they were building up and were like oh man now i'm throwing too much and so it's going to be fine but it is sort of shocking jay that there's between Sunday and opening day, there's 24 days. I'm usually over here for 42 days, and I, you know, I think it'll be 30 that I'm here now, and uh, only 25 of those will be for uh, the major league camp. So, man, I would love That's for right. this to lead. I would it love is, for this to lead to shorter spring trainings. Right. It is three. I, I should take that back. It is three. Looking at this again, it's three and a half weeks, yeah. uh, as opposed to to what I said with four and a half. So. Well, I guess we, we can start in any number of, yep. of places, but uh, we can start with pitching. What do the Padres have in terms of pitching? I know we have a story a story going up later today that might already be up by the time a lot of people um, uh, hear this, but a story our, our I guess we can call her our old friend now, Annie Heilbrunn, who is uh, not with the UT anymore, but is, is has agreed to yeah. do some freelance work for us. She wrote a story about the work that's been done a really in good Poway. Yep. Really good story, but mostly about Joe Musgrove and Mike Clevenger working out with uh, Dominic Johnson, a former uh, high school star. Really, really interesting story. And we'll have that up later today. But those, so those guys have been have been pitching and, and getting ready. What about you, Darvish? What about Blake Snell? What about Chris Paddock? You know, you mentioned Mackenzie Gore. I mean, that's that's a, that's a rotation right there. And um, uh, Nick Martinez right now, Nick Martinez, Nick Martinez who you'll you remember they signed to a four year, $20 million contract, or I should say, I'm sorry, they've agreed to, right. and they did before the uh, lockout and thought that they had it done. There were some paperwork things. Those paperwork things are still being uh, sorted out. So that's not official yet, but he would, you would think would be in the rotation at worst, a, a long reliever. This is a guy who, uh, 
excelled in particular last year in Japan mm -hmm. and they're given $4 million. He'll be given every opportunity, I believe, to, uh, to be at the back end of the rotation. And so I think the rotation is set with the caveat that Mike Clevenger will be like a, you know, five inning guy for a bit. Right. And with the oh, caveat. I didn't even mention Nelson Lamette. There's another guy that I didn't even mention. I really got the impression that in, in conversations, and one of them was with uh, Bob Melvin. I'll post that uh, probably tomorrow, a uh, question and answer with him. Uh, I really got the impression that they're leaning bullpen for him, that they mm -hmm. believe that that is, and they have, that's not necessarily a surprise. They have believed right. this, but that he would be an incredible weapon out of the bullpen. And I think that you then combine that with the uncertainty about his health uh, mm -hmm. as there has been. And I think that that makes a, a lot of sense in their eyes. It seems like the, in terms of adding anybody that they're probably not looking to add a starter at this point, right. that if they're looking, if they're looking for anyone, it might be at the bullpen, or do you think they feel like they have enough, have enough arms in the bullpen at this point? I think they're looking for relievers, but also, could have enough. They do have uh, an abundance of, of pitchers that can, you know, fill innings for them at this point. If Clevenger is as far along as he says and looks, by the way, uh, saw mm -hmm. some video. Uh, and if Denelson Lamette can be a guy who can come in and either maybe get you a strikeout in the seventh inning or pitch you one or two innings, you know, there's a lot of ifs. Sorry, I kept the phone on. There's a lot going on. Is uh, the lockout over? Oh, wait. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if there's some ifs, of course. So I think they are looking for pitching, but. The closer could be on the the, the roster. Um, yeah. I think your late inning guys are on the roster unless they do sign a closer. Um, so I think that uh, you're you're correct about the the state of the pitching in that. If there is anything, it's relievers. And the priority at this point would seem to be the offense. So we know they're set on the you know they're set on the left side of the infield. I assume they're set behind the plate. So there's a question, Jay, of who but, it is. But, right. But they have the bodies in camp in terms yes. of who's who's going to be there. Cronenworth is going to start somewhere. Um, the outfield seems to be, I, I guess, Will Myers is going to be, a, you know, Will Myers and Trent Grisham would start the season, mm -hmm. uh, I would think. But to me, they need they need at least one outfielder. They need a DH. I don't know what they're doing at first base. There we go. Okay. You, 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 the trifecta of the outfielder they need, the DH, and what are you going to do with Eric Hosmer? So, where do you want to start? Let's start with, to me, the most glaring thing, which is, and I, you could argue Hosmer is the most glaring thing, but I'll say the most glaring thing is since you only have three outfielders on the 40 man roster uh, <laughs> with the two guys you mentioned in Jurix and Profar. Right. Uh, Arguably, Nomar Mazzara will be in that competition and certainly with an expanded roster could be on the roster uh, depending on his spring. But and it's also the most obvious place that you can fill an offensive need is by signing mm -hmm. a left fielder ostensibly or a right fielder. And there's been talk of moving. You know, Myers can easily move over to left, though. He's been right. a quality right fielder. So there you go. Is it say a Suzuki? Uh my answer to all of these is I don't know. Say a Suzuki, I think, would be where they would lean. I don't know if he's made up his mind to go to San Francisco or or what's happening there. They're about $15. $15, that would be a problem. <laughs> They're about $15 million uh, under the competitive balance tax threshold of $230 million. That's the new threshold, and they're at about $215 million. So 
they can't afford without incurring that 30% tax for going over for a second year in a row. They can afford someone like Suzuki, someone like Schwarber. Uh, heck, maybe a, a, a Conforto comes in there that that low. Uh, I don't think like a Castellanos would. And I don't mm-hmm. think they're going to go over that threshold, which then is a segue into what are you going to do with Eric Hosmer? Right. One of, one of Bob Melvin's first calls uh, was, was Eric Hosmer. Yesterday, that's the the priority of. Hey, let's. I'm I'm making this up now. I'm reading uh-huh. into this. Hey, let's make sure that Eric knows he's important to us. Let's make mm-hmm. sure that Eric knows he's you know welcome at camp and and we want to know how he's doing and you know I mean Eric Cosmer could be on this team, so I do think it's a priority for them to move him. Can they move fifty nine million dollars over four years for a one war player? Everybody knows I'm in love with them, but my answer is I don't know. <laughs> well, everyone knows I'm not, and thought it was a, and thought it was a bad signing from the from the moment he was signed, and and we'll stick by that. Although I will allow that I don't know if a couple moves after that would have been permissible, would have been would have happened if he hadn't right. been here. We'll leave it at that. But, how good he's been, how bad he's been, all that kind of stuff. I mean, his numbers to me, his numbers speak for themselves. Um, the question is. You can always move. It seems like you could always move somebody sure. because you can always agree to pay a portion of the salary. You can always agree to take back basically nothing, you know, a nothing prospect in return. Does there come a point, And this is I'm sure the first of many times this gets asked, but does there come a point where they just decide they just cut him loose? Or does it not make any sense to do that? Because. It, and you can explain this to me and other people may not understand if they if they cut him loose does his salary still count on their cbt yeah. uh run up so yeah there's probably not much use in that and the exact um, way that it would get broken down i don't know because the biggest component of the CBT, the way that payroll is computed is average annual value. And then it includes benefits and, and it okay. you know, has a 40 man roster. Anyway, it's all on there. Yeah, no. And that's also the problem with taking on too much money of the contract, unless you're going to kick it down the road. And I don't know how you can do that. Yeah. And I'm trying to find out like, right. you, you know, when you say you're going to take half of what's remaining, where do you structure that? Cause you know, the good news, if you're trying to move that contract, is that after this year, it's only $13 million a, a year for the next three. So that's – but yes, but it's look. Still, yeah, it's still, it's still – obviously, it's still three years. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's 32, and, and the numbers haven't been yeah. there. I, right. so I, I would yeah, I mean, argue that he's not a guy that you just cut loose. This is not Matt Kemp or, or mm-hmm. somebody where you're, you know, oh, we're going to send him to the Braves and they're going to DFA him. And I, this is not a guy that you just do that. And in particular, and there's a lot of reasons I would argue that, but in particular, because of the money that you'd then be eating. That's just right. Right. That just doesn't make sense. Uh, you'd well, be better I, off to trade Will Myers, uh, yeah. who has one year left, and it would be easier than ever to trade him if you really needed to get rid of that money to get, you know, make sure that you had the money to spend. The Padres have the money to spend. I do not believe that they are willing to spend over the two thirty and be charged right. a thirty yeah. percent tax on their overage. So if they get to the point, so let's say then that Hosmer is on the roster. So is he the first baseman half the time 
two thirds of well, the time. So there you go. Because you have because you have Cronenworth that can play there. You have Profar that can play there. You have Myers that can play there. You have um, I'm sure I'm forgetting someone. You have Hassan Kim that obviously can jump over and play if you know second base if Cronenworth uh, is at first. So it seems like if Hosmer's on the team, he doesn't have to play. He doesn't have to have 600 at bats. I mean, right. That's, that's and there is the, the flexibility. Want, want to be in at this point. The, the, and there is the flexibility in terms of a lot of other guys. A lot of those guys you mentioned play multiple positions. You've got the DH spot that you can start moving right. people around in. Well, someone told me last night, don't rule out Nelson Cruz. The talk all week has been more of a rotating basis, which is what most teams do now. Rather than having a designated, designated hitter, uh, it's being able to get Manny Machado in 158 games without playing third base 158 games. It's even being able to get Tatis rest. It's, it's right. you know, being able to get Myers and Grisham off their feet. That's what most teams do now and what my understanding is that the Padres are leaning toward. And that becomes uh, the one thing about that, and this is where Hassan Kim comes into play, is because my first thought when you say you're taking Machado out is, you know, you're taking out a, a he's to me, he's a, if, if you even count gold gloves, which I don't, but if you want to say he's a gold glove caliber third baseman, he is. Yes. So you're taking out one of the best third basemen in the game. You don't want him out of the lineup that much, but it no, is no, good, five like games. Maybe five it's, games maybe, to, right. Yeah. Maybe it's just a, maybe it's a game every other week there where he mm-hmm. sits or if he's banged up or something like that or a, mm-hmm. a day game after a long night game, that kind of stuff. And and the same with Tatis. I mean, look, he had his struggles the first part of the year last year at shortstop. He was much better when he went back there later in the year. And I, I don't think there's any reason to think that as we go forward that he's going to be the, the defensive player that we saw Early. the first part of last year. I mean, I whatever happened that time, it seems like he got that straightened out so you don't want those guys out of the lineup that often right no, no. out of out of defense that often but if when you do Hassan Kim showed last year he's very capable of playing those positions maybe last year Manny Machado doesn't miss remember those five games that he missed he wasn't on the the IL yeah right maybe he only misses two of those because he can sure. DH this year sure. that's the kind of thing the flexibility and and yes Maybe it's two games at strategic times, two extra games at strategic times that Tatis isn't playing shortstop. And one of the the what was the one name that was mentioned when by Padres people when they were talking about that? Hassan Kim. It gives Hassan Kim defensively a chance to you know get in there, and and that's a guy who he's he's not uh, as spectacular as. Tatis, so I think he's heck of fun to watch with those little legs going like Barney Rubble. Uh, he's not as spectacular as either of those guys. He's not as dependable as uh, Machado. But in terms of a fall off, uh, you can't get much better than Hassan Kim. There's right. not much right. fall off. He's very good defensively. And then Barney, Barney Barney Rubble, by the way, tremendous actor. Don't let that. Uh, don't, don't <laughs> but I just think it's awesome that the, I mean he is really fun to watch Hassan Kim yeah. on defense. Um, and then, so what if Hosmer is gone? All right, well, Cronenworth's your first baseman. And I don't know if at the beginning of the year, based on the fact that he missed so much of the minor league season, and Bryce Miller writes about this today, uh, I believe that uh, – is it posted, Jay? I believe it is. Yes, I, I retweeted it. And it's going to go in the paper on C.J. Abrams. Okay? Yeah, it was, it's been up for if, a couple if, of days. If now. Hosmer's gone, again, I'd feel better about saying this if C.J. Abrams had not missed so much of last year with the leg injury and then missed the fall league with the shoulder – that C.J. Abrams is your second baseman. 
Uh, it's hard to see that at the beginning of the year, but I think it's this year. I was going to say it's hard to see that say the first half of the year. I think it's but, this season though. But maybe maybe later. Depending on how he does, if he keeps climbing, yeah. it's that. Right. Well. And, he, and he's another guy to show that he can stay healthy. I mean, for whatever has mm-hmm. happened, you know, whatever reasons might have been, he's he's had some injury uh, issues. I I do want to bring up because uh, Pete is such a fan of Eric Osmer. I think he's I think he's bought all his rookie cards and and is the president of his fan club. And just mentioned in the comments here, is there any danger that if if Hosmer doesn't play a lot, that he becomes any sort of negative influence in in the clubhouse, or is he professional? Well, right in my wheelhouse. That doesn't yeah. happen. That doesn't happen. Right in my wheelhouse. Uh, you probably you probably blocked Pete long ago, but but I I get a kick out of Pete. He's a ho- Pete's a good hockey guy. I always like a hockey guy. <laughs> Sure. Do you know what? I think that's a fair question. Without a doubt, that's a fair question. My answer, it's not going to surprise you, is I don't think so. Right. Eric Hosmer is human. This bothered what happened, the way things transpired last year, bothered Eric Hosmer more than he let on. That's what I'm told by several people, not Eric Hosmer. Uh, Well, yeah, but you know Eric Hosmer because he wouldn't talk. Well, he did talk. And if you remember, because, you know, he is well-trained and a veteran, he was talking about how the Padres have every right to do what they do and all that. And that's great. Fine. Okay. Uh, You know, he can believe that. And it also be true that he was pretty pissed. Uh, You know, that, that can be uh, true. And again, it's people around Eric that have said that. And I think that pretty much anybody would, I did not talk to a single Padres player who did not think the Padres management didn't bungle that. Okay. Mm -hmm. That, that on other teams, other general managers, Eric Hosmer would have been communicated with more. Now, I think what happened is AJ Preller mistakenly naively thought he could keep it quiet. Well, no, uh, no, it got out. And that's why my understanding, several players telling me either them or situations they knew about that a general manager would go to a player in particular of Eric Hosmer's status and, and say, Hey, look, here's the reality. This is, I'm going to be talking to people and, and that didn't happen. And so, uh, but I think that's a valid question without a doubt. And I'll be, uh, I haven't had a chance to ask AJ about it. I plan to do it tomorrow um, or as soon as possible and, and talk about how do you address this? I I mean, how do you, with the start of the new year, talk to Bob Melvin, how do you address this with Eric and, and just, you know, the uncertainty of it all, there is a certain amount of respect you show a guy who's a leader and has been in the league for 10 years. You don't want this hanging over the team. Yeah, no, of course. Of course. Was there anything else that came out without giving away your whole interview with Bob Melvin? Cause of course we want people to, to read it uh, tomorrow, but is there anything else that, uh, that came out of that, that, that struck you as, as particularly- no, I think I've given away every good thing about it. Uh, <laughs> no, I, I'll, again, Reading into some things, I just thought that, uh, you know, like I mentioned about Lamette, uh, that I thought that was a really interesting part. He has Uh some interesting things to say about the catchers. Catchers, I think if you know about Bob Melvin, are near and dear to to Bob Melvin's heart. He was one. As a manager, he, you know, holds them very accountable. Uh, Obviously, catchers. We have not been able to get past the, you know, curse of Austin Hedges. It was, you know, it was all Austin Hedges fault when he got here, but Mm -hmm. no Padres catchers have hit for like 10 years. So, (laughs) uh, uh, you know, uh, so there was some interesting stuff there. Um, Yeah. 
I, I'm gonna. I think fans are very much going to enjoy Bob Melvin, an old school guy who understands that giving the media and fans a little insight is not going to keep him from his team from winning two more games. Right. Right. And no, has the yeah. experience and the authority to go against what AJ Preller would like, which is for all of this to be shut off. Um, so, right. <laughs> well, and I, I think that's one of the the things about you know hiring someone with with experience that they have not done, uh, you know, that AJ had not done previously. I mean, he in, he inherited a manager who had been here for a few years, and he and he and he got rid of him, and then brought in two guys who had not been managers. Now, I you know, to me, both guys had their positives and obviously both had their negatives. And, and I think Tingler more, probably more negative than, than Andy, just because of the timing of when he was hired and the kind of team that they were, you know, asking him to lead uh, was probably a little, you know, probably unfair to, to Jace Tingler as much as unfair to the players and, and everybody else. I mean, I, that just was the wrong, just felt like a bad fit. Bob Melvin has been a good fit everywhere he's been. And, and he's a good so, fit for a team that just had, you know, that now has a three and a half week spring training absolutely. and has yeah. a bunch of new coaches and is coming off of the year that it had last year. And, you know, I think players have to bear some responsibility and I'm not sure that the psychologists, the team employ uh, or any of the rest of us can understand what happened in that collapse, fully understand what happened in that collapse. But I will tell you that I think Bob Melvin, is the right guy to come in and pick up the pieces. Right. And I, and I will say, I mean, and I've said, I said this, you know, ad nauseum last year, that collapse is on the players mm-hmm. w- way, sure. way more than it's on Jace Tingler. Now Tingler could have, could have stepped in and maybe helped. And maybe that's the kind of thing that Bob Melvin does in this case. There's no mistaking the collapse is on the players. They're the ones. And when are we going own, to, at field. some point then, if it's on Tingler and it's on the players, it's on AJ Preller. Well, so, right. no, so, absolutely. I mean, you know, they're they're Preller's they're Preller's players, but and, and he was Preller's manager too. So, yeah. I mean, there's there's no doubt about that. I mean, to me, we're getting late now, and we'll get into this as we continue on with these over the next several months. But you know, this is a big year for AJ Preller. Uh, I would think. I mean, at, at some point, the Padres need to have a winning season of in a season that lasts more than sixty games. Um, it doesn't seem like they have too many excuses this year with, with the money that they've spent and the, the roster that's been put together and, and, you know, will continue to be put together over the next you know few weeks. So now the manager I, this, and, yeah. Yeah. and you have a manager that is, that is proven to be a winner. So, and look, if it's, if it's not, if, if this team fails again, is that on Bob Melvin? It's probably not because Melvin's proven he can win in places now it's really on the players, and those players are the ones who are brought in by the general manager. So you're right. Anyway, like, hopefully, really, look, no, none of us want to see that. I mean, we're not here to because we're hoping that the that the Padres lose 90 games and this becomes another boring season, you know, that we've seen for so many for so many years. I mean, it's 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 fun for both of us, I think, to watch baseball no matter what. It's more fun to watch a team that's interesting. And I'll give you a little exciting uh, and is in and is in contention throughout. Oh. It was my favorite and least favorite season, 2021. It was so much fun, not because of the winning, Jay. I mean, you and I don't need to keep reminding people we're not fans of the Padres. I was watching excellent baseball most nights. That was awesome. And there were good stories. Joe Mm Musgrove threw a no-hitter, and it was fascinating. 
And the last month of the season was my worst season. It was worse than covering the demise of Norv Turner and the, you know, implosion of the good Charger teams that should have been more successful than they were mm-hmm. over those seven, eight years. It was just it was ugly. It wasn't fun. It, it was uh, I felt bad for fans. I, I, I felt bad for virtually everyone involved. And right. it was exhausting. So absolutely. Again, I don't even know how to really explain it. Uh, and I've been trying for months. Uh, but here we are. It's, it's spring training, and unlike many spring trainings, you can actually have some optimism about where this team's going to be, even though there are a heck of a lot of questions. Some of them we didn't even get to, and we will yeah. as we go forward. We like to keep this thing under uh, 30 minutes, and it's not anymore. So No, that's right where we are right now, so we'll, uh, we'll wish you a good weekend in the, uh, in the desert, and we'll come back, and uh, we haven't really set up a schedule on this, but we'll try to do this at least once a week during... Uh, during the shortened spring training and uh, then get back on a regular schedule once once the season gets going uh, next month. So good to see you, Kevin. Always good to talk to you. Good to see you, boss. We'll do it, we'll do it again soon. Take care, everybody.